when we watch these videos, people of color watch these, we, we have PTSD from it just from watching it happen. Someone saying, uh, uh, Representative Jim Jordan saying things like, there's no, there's probably no law that could have stopped what happened because these were a few bad cops. I'm like, if we keep saying there are a few bad apples, like if there's, if there's always going to be some bad apples in your orchard, something's wrong with the fucking orchard. <laughs> right? So when are we going to really look at this? Welcome to episode 249 of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brewed pint, a fine wine, or whatever happens to be in your glass. On today's episode, the Reverend Shannon Weston, Ogan Holder, and yours truly, Brian Burkoff, address and engage what's happening through a theological lens with a good brew in hand. And that good brew might be in your very own Pub Theology Life pint glass, which you can get when you become a patron. Head over to patreon.com slash ptlive and starting at $7 a month, you get access to some pre and post-show banter, extra content and merch. Uh, You'll want to tune in for my weekly updates uh, from Barbados and how my mom is just driving me insane. Um, And fun discussions we've had around her health uh, after a stroke, her denial of her aging, and the time I explained to her about being polyamorous and how that might have rocked her world. And who knows, maybe brought on another stroke. I don't know. All good stuff. All good stuff at patreon.com slash ptlive. And as always, we thank our current patrons. Today we'll be discussing flip phones, Tyree Nichols, uh, God's love and faith. So we're going to need a drink to do that, I believe. Yeah, or a not wanna, drink. Do you want to kick us off, Shannon, and tell us the occasion that prompts your beverage? So as we started recording, um, Ogan didn't mention it because it wasn't about him, but we'll let, forgive him anyway. Wow, wow, <laughs> wow. I was I was letting you blow your own horn, but whatever, whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, my <laughs> announcement that I, um, we've been, we know that I, those of you longtime listeners, we've, um, I left my full-time ministry job at the end of November and I've been waiting for this announcement to come out that I've um, joined a firm called Design Group International as a senior consultant, where I will be um, doing leadership coaching, coach training, and process consulting full time. So um, you all can Google it, Design Group International, Shannon Weston, and uh, look me up, read about it. Um, so I am celebrating today with that announcement going out. If I can do anything for you please book some time with me i'm learning to say that um there you go in the church it was like please don't need me (laughs) now i'm like please need me (laughs) and and this is and and you know you downplay it a little bit but it's a big fucking deal in in the coaching world and all the achievements and act that you have achieved uh not the achievements you've achieved the 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 what am i trying to say the The, the qualifications certifications Certifications. there you go yeah it's been a lot of work it's been a lot of work so Congratulations. 
Thank you. Thank you, Ogan. You redeemed yourself. I appreciate it. All right. That. You are Congrats. you are now officially you're now officially the smartest person in the room. Before it was unofficial. Now it's for sure official that Got you it. are. Oh, well, I go. appreciate that. I do. I'll take it for today. I don't know if it'll last. Uh, we'll <laughs> see. But I have it's um so I have a union brewing company, which is one of our favorite um brewers in Baltimore, also happens to be black owned, which I appreciate and love. But this is a special brew called Celestial Pear. Um, it is barrel aged Sasson with pears. Here it is, the mm. label for those of you who are watching. Um, so this is one of those workshop to buy. So this is one that they put out locally. And if people like it and buy it, then they might put it out nationally and internationally. So we're nice. going to try it and uh, see how it is. It's got a, um, it's got a champagne top. So yeah, nice when there's little. wire and cork involved, you know, there's good stuff under there. <laughs> yes. Which just broke. So it's going to take me a minute. So Ogan, <laughs> what you got drinking? <laughs> Ooh, that congratulations party is off to a great start. Um, I have me a shandy. Um, from the local uh, Banksbury. It's called a twist. It is refreshing lemon with a hint of Banks beer. And when they say a hint, the 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 ABV on this is 9.9%, sorry, not nine, 0.9%. I feel that's less, less than a hint. That's, yeah. that's, that's like a whiff, really. That's something i might that's have like to drink a, a lacroix flavor today. you know of whiskey of okay alcohol. don't I was insult say, it that I think way brian could drink that today seriously you know. this is what I you did, drink if you're doing damp if you're doing a damp january i just should say this is um so it's 7.3 abv wow so it's a rustic sasson with belgian pills buckwheat spelt wheat sasson yeast and house cultures 24 months in red and white wine, oak casts, rested six months on ripe red Dianju pears from our friends at Hungry Harvest, which if you don't know about Hungry Harvest, look up Hungry Harvest. Um, we are Very patrons cool. of Hungry Harvest as well. So Brian, what are you drinking, not drinking? It's the last day of January, technically. But... Yeah, well, as far as I'm concerned, this show comes out in February. So <laughs> that's what I say, right? I am drinking. Oh, he's North going Co to the hard stuff. I'm going North yep. Coast Rye. This is a, a good rye whiskey by Traverse City Whiskey, brewed up north in Michigan. And it says it is crafted with a sturdy northern backbone and tough American heartbeat. North Coast Rye is a tribute to the water and lakes that surround us, flowing through the very veins of our family our home, our Traverse City. So cheers. Oh, nice. Here we go. Nice. Dude, well went, uh, dude went from dry January to like... Full on straight whiskey. The hard stuff right <laughs> off. Hey. Didn't even ease back into it. Hey, we're celebrating <laughs> Shannon today. So come That's on. right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> huh, huh. My, my, dry, my, my dry week starts tomorrow. So, so you know. We, mm. that, that's what's happening fair enough but so, i think what you're drinking today could happen during your dry week actually I, you're not yeah. kidding you are not <laughs> kidding that's some mm, you're, that's you're, delicious you're, you're not kidding cheers everyone cheers yeah. we haven't cheers. drink together in a while cheers. i mean i don't know if what you're calling ogan drinking but you know we'll just pretend <laughs> we'll count it i mean <laughs> technically there is some alcohol in it technically well, that's what you call an ambidextrous be uh, beverage it works for dry january and for non-dry january there there you go <laughs> On to today's topics. 
Not sure if you've seen this, but there is a move becoming popular among some Gen Zers to go back to the old style non-smartphone flip phone and lessen use and dependency of uh, smartphones. And those who have tried this report uh, benefits that include reading more, being more present, reducing the old notification addiction, which I think we're all familiar with if we have smartphones, improved mood, and so on. So asking uh, the question for the three of us is, does something like this appeal to you? And how long do you think you'd be able to go without your smartphone? I think Gen Zers are just contrarian for, for no good reason. I, I think that there's a piece of that going on here. Plus also, you know, the thing about a smartphone is it's smart. You can turn off your notifications. Except the thing is about notification, turn them off. You know, uh, so so I yeah, think. Yeah, so I feel like this is just saying we don't have impulse control. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's that too, right? They're Which saying, I don't even wrong. I understand. Like, I don't always have impulse control either. But like, you have the power to put down your phone and walk away. They're saying thanks, Steve Jobs and you boomers slash Gen Xers who handed us this technological world that is hard to navigate. By the way, have you well, ever, if if you've ever um, tried to text my name on a flip phone, oh. it is the most insane, ridiculous thing ever because SHA is okay, but then NNO, which is the same number, yeah. N. It's like, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Nice. I think, I think it's a little bit of the throwing up the baby with the bathwater sort of situation. Um, and I also think it's, I mean, shouldn't Gen Z be moving us forward, not backwards? Isn't, isn't the role of every subsequent generation to, you know, come up with something new and and advance us not 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 take us take us back those of us who to shannon's point had a you know type out a text using using the numeric keypad we were very glad when cordy key when blackberry threw a cordy keyboard on her phone exactly yes thank that you was, that was fucking miracle so you know? so it was. and I mean, then and then, and then now you can swipe your finger on the, your keyboard and literally draw words out like why why would you want to go back I don't I mean, my understand. issue with this is they're like, yeah, man, I have a flip phone. They also have like an iPad, a computer, like all this. Then I'm like, yeah, you just use your other stuff yes. to do all those things. So if you just don't want to send text messages and be accessible when you're out of your house and away from your computer, then just don't be like, just make your phone that way. I can see some some kid wearing uh, Google glasses and then saying, yeah, I went to this uh, flip phone, but he's got like all his apps or, you know, and notifications are in the field mm -hmm. of vision. <laughs> I don't know. I I don't Now My kids do like the where it look. Excuse me. It's a smartphone, but like it folds in half or something. They oh, think uh -huh. those like look super cool and whatever. So I do understand the appeal of like having something smaller than, right. you know, the, like the size I understand, but. I, right. Those are the newer Samsung great. flip phones the, that the, are the clamshells, the clamshells. Yeah. Yeah, but again, I, you can buy, you can buy small smartphones. They're right. out there. <laughs> no, mean, exactly. Just, just, just saying. I, uh -huh. you know, I went, I've learned to 
put my phone upstairs, you know, leave it upstairs and, and, and not have my watch on and whatever. Like if I really want to disappear for a day, then, you know, there are things you can do to disappear for a day. It's, it's okay. You just make sure that nobody needs you in that way. You know, if you need to disconnect, disconnect, I just do whatever you want. The trend though, to me is like, that's silly. It just feels silly. Just now, I I also understand if you're like, I'm not spending a thousand dollars on this thing that I'm not going to use in this way. Like, okay, I understand that, you know, right? And I I do applaud the the benefits are obviously things we all want, right? Like, and I do think I read less books than I used to, and I do wonder about the reality of of social media and smartphones and notifications. You know, you can read books on your smartphone. I, well, mean, I do that sometimes. That no, I do that sometimes too. But then still, I will get notifications on the page, you know. Um, anyway, Again, I, I just turn the notifications off. I feel like I feel like Thanks, we're trying Dad. to. <laughs> I feel like we're we're like the solution to the problem is in the device itself. Like yeah. sure, th- but I, I just I'm I'm not gonna throw them under the bus for doing something that improves quality of life. Like I listen, I, that's, you're that's just happy just... because last week we came down on you because you didn't know how to sort your email. So this is why you're citing <laughs> with the, with the chance here. And which we still haven't solved because I'm a knucklehead and we won't go into that. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. For me, this is, it just feels a little silly. Like I, but it, you know, to be honest, I will, I will be full disclosure is I haven't really been around a Gen Zer who feels that a flip phone is good for them. Like I haven't really heard the other side of the argument. Okay. Boomer. Um, I, I did have a friend who went to a flip phone after like a mental health issue, you know, where mm-hmm. like really did need to disconnect. And that was their way of like, I, I need to not see you know, do this. Um, and they're older than I am, but, and and the flip phone was just like a way of their spouse being able to get a hold of them kind of thing. Right. right. But, you know, so it's not that I don't see a place for it. It's that the, again, I'm going to go back to like, I still, I haven't really heard an argument in favor of the trend besides things like we said that, you know, that just may be about the way you use technology and think about that. You know, I have very few notifications that actually pop up and, and I use, do I use the focus settings, the do not disturb. And I have, I have like eight of them because, you know, different people come in different times. And, yeah. You, you can know, host you show can, Ogan and Shannon mm-hmm. are going to teach Brian how to turn off notifications. Seriously. Okay. You, and you know, you can set timers on them now, right? You can go like, Oh, on Facebook notifications only from two to 4 PM. Like, you can do this now. Amazing. As the as the works. parent of a Gen Zer, like wow. my my Gen Z daughter has never said, I'm going back to flip phone. If anything, it's the opposite. She's like, Can you buy me the new expensive phone? And I was like, No. <laughs> you, <laughs> oh, you can wait, get my you hand- said no to that? Oh, absolutely. You can get my hand-me-down. <laughs> you can get, you it's know, that's still working fine, but I am not. No. So so she's she's leaning into the technology, not away from it. Well, but like, you know, my kid has her, she has my old phone and then she's like, I'm going to buy myself a keyboard and then I can just use that because I don't have a, she has a Chromebook, but she doesn't have, you know, like a Mm. MacBook or whatever. 
And I'm like, right, you can do anything on your phone that you can do on my computer. Just get yourself yeah, yeah. a keyboard. And, you know, so I, I don't know. I, you should, you should dig up an old Blackberry and show it to her. That will blow her brain. <laughs> I, I was writing something the other day and I was like, ever since the invention of this palm sized computer in my pocket. And I was like, wow, how many people are going to know what the Palm Pilot was? I didn't say Palm Pilot. I just referenced this palm-sized computer in my pocket. Oh, man. I, I used to love me that Palm, my palm oh, Pilot. With the stylist. The stylist, I had to learn the, yep. the, the script. The script. Yeah, cool. I thought that was the best thing ever. <laughs> now I'm cool. like, what the hell are we doing to ourselves? I know. Cool. <sighs> okay. All right. You guys aren't signing on, but, you know, there it is. Well, listen, Brian's going to get a flip phone after this. I see it coming. <laughs> probably probably hey we didn't go full get off my lawn though so i think it's no no no, i think we're all right i I mean i think like i'm still like dude do whatever you want i just don't get it but i also like i said i will full disclaimer that i haven't heard an argument really for it i just hear it and go "Eh, whatever yeah (laughs) that seems weird there you go all right well uh as i think is common knowledge uh another Tragic uh, victim of police violence in this country, Tyree Nichols, a young man in Memphis, uh, suffered fatal injuries after Memphis police officers kicked, punched, and used a baton to beat him after pulling him over for what they later said uh, was driving recklessly. But I think it's still some question as to why he actually was pulled over. Um, and I mean, it's it's beyond awful. Um, can I actually say something to that? Because I was reading that, yes, please. that like the, the word, the unofficial word on the street in Memphis is one of the cops targeted him because he was sleeping with his ex-girlfriend. Okay, I hadn't heard that. Yeah. Uh, like, again, unsubstantiated. And at the same point in time, I 100% believe it. <laughs> yeah. And it would surprise no one if that was the case. It would surprise no one and in that yeah. list of things done to him we forgot uh pepper spray did you say taser because he was tased he was pepper sprayed and, tased, and pepper sprayed yes. multiple times yeah yep. that that happened too yep also not shocking that suddenly we knew how to prosecute police officers when they're black themselves right suddenly like, we they knew got, how to do that like they immediately got, they got fired and charged like say it. in no time Yep. And and um, and suddenly watch- we were like, oh, we know how to do this. Yeah. I was watching a, a interview with Ben Crump and he was like, like the standard has been set. There is no way any police department in good conscience can say from now on this process is going to take more than a couple of weeks because right. you yes. showed that it could happen now. So correct. There's 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 that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, mean- I so I mean, we've talked about this issue multiple times on the show and obviously many times in our various communities respective communities and it feels overwhelming exhausting and 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 i am saying this as a privileged white person you know uh so i i can't even begin to imagine uh ogan what you're feeling and other people of color uh in this country you know are experiencing so i'm happy to open to the floor to your reaction to this um and what is the invitation for people of faith, people of good conscience uh, in this country, especially where this is a specifically a, an ongoing systemic problem? 
So it's it's interesting because as a person who is from Barbados, I did not grow up with this. I like like I I took this on as an adult. I'm not saying that's better or worse, but I I have a frame of reference of what it feels like to not live in a police state. Right. And I got to say it's pretty damn nice. Like when I am when I am here in Barbados, I am at a different level of relax and not just because it's not four degrees outside and <laughs> I can get to a beach in 10 minutes. That's yeah. not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about there's no point when I'm here in the back of my mind, I have this thought of, well, today might be the day I get randomly shot in a grocery store. Yeah. <laughs> might today be the day where I don't realize my taillight is out or, or I shit you not, as it was, I was driving around with expired plates for about four months, right? Expired registration in Maryland for like four months. And 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 due to a series of just, you know, bad mail and hiccups and all sorts of stuff. Um, yeah. And might I be pulled over and despite my best efforts, shit goes sideways, right? Right. Like I don't I don't have that when I'm in Barbados. It is a different level of of chill here uh because of that and it's and and you know it <laughs> against my better judgment i i i watched a few minutes of the video mm. and that's an exaggeration a few seconds i got through maybe like 20 seconds i was like why am i doing this to myself yeah all all over again um it is it is now uh, uh documented and proven that uh, when we watch these videos, people of color watch these. We we have PTSD from it, just from watching it happen. Um, so so that's a thing. And and you know I'm watching I'm watching Daily Show, um, at being hosted this week by DL Hughley, and um, there a, a chunk a big chunk of the show last night was dedicated towards towards this and. And he had, uh, you know, attorney Ben Crump representing the family on the on the show as well. And it's it it's just one of those things where, uh, you know, he showed some clips from Fox News and other people talking about this. And the it, it was so disheartening to hear the responses from that side. And makes me realize why we are not going to get systemic change anytime soon. Not in my lifetime, probably not even in my kid's lifetime. Like, you know, someone saying, uh, uh, Representative Jim Jordan saying things like, there's no, there's probably no law that could have stopped what happened because these were a few bad cops. I'm like, if we keep saying there are a few bad apples, like... If there's if there's always gonna be some bad apples in your orchard, something's wrong with the fucking orchard, <laughs> right? So when are we going to really look at this? And then there was you know conversation around, oh look, this is not a racial thing because this was a black cop and a black victim, and it's like, well, it is racial one because the victims are always black and brown people, right? Where all the videos of 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 white people being uh, tased. Uh, being beaten and then losing their lives a couple days later. We don't have those. Um, and also anyone who does five minutes of research can know that the, you know, the original roots of the policing system in the U.S. was all about 
um, hunting and containing black bodies. By the way, built on slave codes from Barbados. Hey, mm. you know, <laughs> they like they want to set up a police system so they come to Barbados and and take the British slave codes. Wow. And this is this is the this is the original uh, foundation of policing in America, right? And while yes, we've come a ways with 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 training and all that sort of stuff, the original culture has not of policing has really not changed the underlying culture, and 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 that's a real thing. And it doesn't matter if it's uh, you know what body the police officer is in. There was a black body, a white body, an Asian body. When you look at all the officers who killed Derek Chauvin, uh, the the officers who who killed uh, was it Freddie Gray in Baltimore. Uh, you know, go go back to Emmett Till. There were black men involved in in Emmett Till's death as well. So right. it's you know we can't get distracted by the fact that about we can't get distracted by the color of the officers. It's always about the color of the victims, and they're always black. They're predominantly male, and and there have been many females. Let me let me not uh, downplay that at all. Many women of color have also been killed in the hands of law enforcement as well. And sitting on the desk in Congress somewhere is the George Floyd Policing Act right. that really invites important police reform. And it's just sitting there. And it's 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 very disheartening. It's 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 and I think we're reaching a level of numbness and apathy about the whole thing. You know, which which makes it sad. But there are those who are out there fighting a the good fight and and seeking justice and seeking reform and yes i'm i'm very glad that as we mentioned they were fired and charged in short order and hopefully hopefully this this sets i like to say this sets a precedent so that other officers won't do this but i thought that happened with george floyd's murder right murderers right when they were imprisoned and charged uh and and found guilty like all right this sends a message to all the cops in the world you just can't go beating up and killing black folk but well you know i was i was i was wrong that uh uh, about that and so what's your mm, go ahead what's your sense of you mentioned the george floyd policing act and what's your sense of what legislation can accomplish as compared with sort of societal even generational change you know like mindset heart set kind of change well the why it needs to be legislative change in this case is because the culture of policing is unique to itself um so um resma Menikin wrote that book my grandmother's hands if you've not read that please do because he talks about in america there's black bodies there's white bodies and there's police bodies mm. and and they are they have their own culture right so we we on the outside can't change police culture police culture has got to change itself and they're not going to change unless they are being told to and being told to involves from training from the ground up so like we read that the 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 officers who were in this 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 scorpion unit, this special task force of Rudolph High Crime, they basically had three days training, which was mostly PowerPoints and a day on a day on like the firing range or something. Right. right. This was this was the extent, and and they intentionally bring young, inexperienced officers into this program, 
um, because they they are the most impressionable, malleable, whatever you want to call it. Um, and it's yeah, like that's that's not good policy at all. Right. And they're not going to change on their own. So that's why the legislation is important um, as well. And yes, absolutely. Community activism and and, you know, building. I want to say I don't know if to say building the community and the and the law enforcement building better relationships with each other is really that helpful, because, again, in many cases, that's just an effort to make police look good. But unless the actual culture pertaining to chain to training police officers and them holding each other accountable. It was good to see a lot of police departments around the country come out in condemnation of this act. And then the cynical part of me is like, well, were they really condemning this thing? Or they know that they got to put up a good face about it now. It's going to look bad to be supportive of that because some of these same departments still have some of those specialized crime units uh for for fighting for fighting you know uh crime crime especially in inner cities which you know it's the dog whistle for black and brown folk yeah i was gonna say if these these officers were white how many police departments would have spoken up well you know i don't know go ahead shannon but well i was gonna say one of this case this and i didn't watch the video I, i i i can't anymore um you know, when George Floyd happened, the first question, out of, like we're talking to the kids, the first question out of Thomas's mouth, who's a, what, how old was he? 11, you know, at that time. And his first question is, let me guess, the officer's white, right? Like that's the first thing out of his mouth. He understands racism in that way that what is, adds the layer, right? Is that we have a system in a country where everyone, is affected by systemic racism. And that includes, right, Black police officers who think the system is going to protect them because it protects everyone else, all the, quote unquote, all the white people, right? So this is, uh, adds this layer of conversation, which isn't always given in the conversation, which is how systemic racism is, really the catch 22 for black and brown people of even if you get to this place of authority you're still kept down and you're going to get a harsh reminder of it now that's that is not saying that any anything these police officers or firefighters you know the paramedics that showed up that didn't give care first you know any of that is right um you know, growing up in Tennessee and I went to school in Memphis, Memphis is a hard place. Baltimore is a hard place. There are hard cities with long, deep roots in these systems. And they're predominantly black cities. And it's the false narrative somehow that just because you're black doesn't mean that you can't fall prey to, you know, white supremacy and somehow feel superior in that. The catch is when the time comes, you're not going to be protected by it either. So, you know, that adds a nuance to the conversation that doesn't always get get spoken. That is an important piece in the conversation. Um, I and unfortunately, it takes something like this in order to get to that part of the conversation. Yeah. 
so that um, this isn't helpful. I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> it's not, it's just an anecdote. Like I went to visit the University of Memphis when I was in high school and I spent the weekend there and we did a tour of the campus and um, we were meeting one of the professors downtown and the waterfront for lunch. And we had to be rerouted because there was a KKK rally happening at the um, steps of the courthouse. And um, we got to the restaurant Landry's Seafood on the shore. And um, I like you know, me some we, Landry's. That's, that's Landry's a nice spot. It's that's good. Spot. It's real good, um, by the way. And we get there and I we're talking about this and I'm like, oh, I, what's going on? You know, I'm 18. And he's like, no, that's every Saturday. Like every oh, Saturday geez. there is a KKK rally. No, on the dot. And he was actually explaining that, you know, the KKK is actually, they they know exactly what they need to do to rile up the crowd where the crowd is the one that causes the disturbance that gets arrested and they are the ones within their rights. And yeah. that was my introduction to Memphis. Um, and wow. so that that is a weekly a weekly conversation. You're saying is not was. I I don't, to be honest, I don't know if that still happens. That was 1998 into sure. 1999. And so every- 25 years ago, yeah. Uh, well, I'm not that old, Brian, but I just am. <laughs> Jesus Christ, thanks for that. <laughs> so I don't know, but <sighs> but it would I mean, you like, are you are on your third career now, so it, oh my it, God. it might try. Hello. <laughs> Technically, only my second, but you know, yeah. <laughs> come on, technically, come on. Is it though? Anyway, um, you get, but but it. Yeah. I mean, again, we're not talking about 1960s, right? We're talking about 90s into 2000s. Right. This was a regular occurrence. I don't know if it still goes on, but they had the right permit. They were all being lawful. You know, the KKK was all lawful in what they were doing, and and baited the protesters into getting arrested and. Sure. And this is a regular conversation. It goes on all the time. And one of the things we always have to mention is when we speak of racism and and systemic uh, systemic racism, white supremacy being part of American culture, we're not just talking about the KKK and the Proud right. Boys oh, and all that. Like because sure. because that's the thing that 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 a lot of quote-unquote well-meaning nice white folk go like i am not racist because i am not one of them right, right. this yeah. is not a there's not a problem for me to solve and address because i'm not one of those people um and i mean there there's no neutrality here you're either working in some way to dismantle these systems of oppression or you're propping them up that's right yeah. um and and i always you know remind folks uh this this is the work i do um, in, in Project Sanctus, the platform that I that I work with, um, that a friend of mine, Reverend Kelly, who's been on the show a few times, um, we co-founded. And this is what we always say to people. It does not mean that you have to go march in the streets. It does not mean you have to quit your day job and become like a full-time activist. It does not mean any of these things. There's so many lanes because, because white supremacy is present in every aspect of our culture. And brace yourselves, even in your damn churches and oh, people don't want to hear sure. that, especially church folk, especially real, like, you know, nice saintly white church folk. That's, that's a bitter pill to, to swallow. 
But I mean, and and it's not just limited to to race. When we think, when we talk about things like you know, when we you know, ableism, um, you know, fat and body shaming, um, all like there's so many ways that like white supremacy thinking has made its way into all facets of our culture. And we either dismantling them or we propping them up. There's there's no neutrality. There's no Switzerland in this fight. Okay, um, so part of the you know the the question that that drives me up the wall is when we get white folks in group and they're like, what do we do? What can we do? What do we do? I'm just like, if you're still asking that question now, mm-hmm. after what's what's happened, uh, you know, in the last two years, is three years especially, and you're still asking that question, that tells me one, you're really not that interested in looking at your own life, your own thinking your own spending habits your own like you know that yeah uh, that that the question shouldn't be what do i do the question should be what have i done today you know mm-hmm. um and it's it's not that it's not that hard every little every little bit comes towards this man in the system but it begins with you acknowledging in the first place that there is a system of oppression and some people aren't even fucking there and that is so infuriating 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 mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it is and it's really disheartening that we can't even start at that place yeah um with factual information you know? exactly exactly and uh i'll take the moment for a shameless plug if you are listening and you are part of a church or a spiritual community and you don't know how to have these conversations talk to me this uh or head over to projectsanctus.com that's that's what we do we work specifically in the context of spiritual communities because a lot of a lot of theologies and church uh, doctrine and dogma is built on privilege and and folks don't really realize that and i'm not saying we need to you know, like rewrite the theology that's not what i'm saying at all but i'm saying rec- recognize where to play in 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 your in your in your theologies in your in your procedures in your policies you know your all all the practices you have in your churches around creating welcoming community what does that mean in most cases it just means you're welcome until you make us too uncomfortable you know is it re- have you really created safe spaces of belonging are the people who you're trying to create safe spaces for at, do they have a seat at the table in creating the policies that that are are supposed to be making them feel like they belong like there's a lot of work uh, to be done in churches and spiritual communities, but they believe because they believe that they're living up to, you know, Jesus's mantra of we're loving our neighbor like ourselves. So we're good. We got it. Right. You know, sort of deal. I was like, no, 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 you really, you really don't. And there's so, a lot of great resources about recognizing white privilege, uh, anti-racism, dismantling white supremacy that are out there for congregations. And yeah. yours is not doing any of those. You need to ask why. Exactly. Exactly. All right. That's all I got for now. Okay. Thank you. Well, deep breaths and keep (laughs) working. Yeah. So uh, St. Augustine wrote, God loves each of us as if there were only one of us. Is this a deep theological insight? Or does this feel like sort of a greeting card, fluffy theology? The sound coming to mind is, what if God was one of us? 
I'm going to say she got that somewhere, didn't she? Yeah, I don't want to sing it. I think it's both and actually. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, I think, okay. I, I think it is, it, it is a, it is a deep uh, theological premise that, that we are, we are all, I mean, whatever metaphor you want to use facets of expressions of, of the divine, the divine is fully present in each and one of us and each and, and, and all of us are present in the divine. So I, I think that stands, but you can also use that as a platform for spiritual, the exit ramp for spiritual bypassing, right? right. And, yes. and, and use that as an excuse not to become engaged in dismantling the aforementioned systems because it's like, well, God doesn't see color, therefore uh, I don't either, you know? So, so we, don't, we don't have an issue. I will treat you as my equal and my brother. And therefore, yeah, we're good. We're golden. Like that's how none of that works. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, it's interesting, Ogan, when you said it's both like, you know, th- th- there's a reason why greeting cards work. You know, there's a reason why, <laughs> you know, we boil these things down mm. to stick on a bumper sticker or, a, you know, whatever. Yeah. And, and it's cause there's it, it, the problem only comes when we take it you know, only that far. It's when you dig into it deeper, mm. um, when you understand what's behind it and what's going on. I, I think that's where the beauty of it comes in. Um, it's not a false deep, but, um, you know, it's funny because when I first read this, I thought, well, there is only one of me. Isn't that the idea? But then I was like, oh, like, as opposed to the other billions of people in the world, got it, right? Like I had to do a yeah. shift of like... <laughs> You know, I'm one of those that like as a little kid imagined that there was a, you know, there's a multiverse and there's another me out there living a different life. And um welcome don't to have some to imagine of, it. That's facts. That's facts. I was gonna say, welcome, don't write that off. <laughs> welcome to some of my coping coping mechanisms as a child, everyone. You know, but <laughs> it's just this I yeah, I think I think if that is I think that's another beautiful way of trying to expand our mind because we can't actually wrap our mind around God's love. And that is, you know, or mm. this, just how big and um, just awe-filled that love is. And so this is just another way of trying to explain that words will never be adequate, but we can try. And so I'm grateful for the people that try. Yeah, the as if I could see could be a hang up in this quote. <laughs> you know, God loves each as of us. If. As if there were only one of us, even though we know there's 10 of you, you know. <laughs> Plus, it's also easier to recite it than it is to live it. Like, I mean, well, when right. you just look at, you know, what Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself, it sounds pretty easy to roll off the tongue. But when you really look at what that calls for, Yes. Like, you know, it is perhaps the hardest thing to do. And and so therefore, you know, let's let's just serve it up as a platitude and let's maybe do a little service work here and there and, you know, feed a couple of homeless folk here and send some backpacks to some schools and ship some Bibles off to some church in some African country. And we're loving our neighbor. I'm like, no, because your neighbor's dying under the you know the the buddhified policeman here like yes where where how how is how is the love being demonstrated there um 
And and no, I'm not saying like a group of people should have gone attacking the policeman. I'm talking about the system that produced the policeman that caused that crime. Like where's where's the love being demonstrated to shift that system? Where's the where's the calls being made to shift that system? And again, yes, many people are calling for it, but we keep also reelecting people who are doing nothing about it. Right. So 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 let's be clear about how. Uh, you know, James Baldwin said, love is messy and, mm-hmm. and people don't want to get messy in love. They want to be comfortable in love. They want to be coddled in love. And, yeah. and, and Cornel West, Cornel West said, justice is what love looks like in public. Exactly. Exactly. So that requires more than, than, than the platitudes. And yeah, it's hard work. It's exhausting work. And if you think you're tired doing it, uh, imagine living with it. Because <laughs> you could you, know, see, you, you could know. imagine someone having a greeting or a, I mean a mug with this quote on it or a T-shirt, and then say, "But I'm not racist," or "We don't have a race problem in this country. We have, you know, a police problem, or or whatever, yeah. you know." <sighs> yep. You know, I posted. Um, I, I I'm not reposting a lot on social media or whatever these days, but I reposted an NFL thing that Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes are the first two black quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks to mm-hmm. face off against each other in the Super Bowl. And, you know, it, it doesn't still surprise me that there are firsts like these, but I do, I feel that they're important, you know, to like, okay, yeah. guys, we're hitting another one of these. Let's acknowledge this out there. And somebody well, very well-meaning and, and was somebody I very much respect, you know, posted a picture of them from high school years and years and years ago and was like, you know, 80% of our team was black and I didn't even notice. And it was like, you know, <laughs> it's, it's really hard to have that, like you're well-meaning oh and, you know, how do we like, well, what does that do in yeah you acknowledging their experience of life, you know, that yeah, they live a different life than you. You're not noticing was, it's not the flex you think it is. Oh. That's kind of what I wanted to say was like, that doesn't mean what you think it means. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> God loves you, brother. And I'm glad there's only one of you. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, as goodness. if, but yeah, anyway. Yeah, I'll be as, as if. Oh. Yeah. But but here's the thing, though, you know, and I'll say this is this is why this is why there's a lot of folks who don't want to step into this work, because, mm. you know, that person said that thing. We are responded to it. Right. So now, like if you know, what is the skill set to respond to that in real time so that they don't feel attacked, so that they don't feel shamed, uh, disparaged and shamed? Exactly. And then next thing you know, they're backing away from all the work and they're like, right. I'm never going to say or engage again. So it requ- it requires it requires. Yeah, let's let's talk about how we respond when someone says something like that. But let's also say to the folks who say things like that, this is part of the process. Like you yeah. don't know you don't know what's the wrong thing to say. And when it's pointed out, it's not an indictment of you as a person. Right. It's an it's an indictment on the culture in which you which we all grew up right. in, in the, in the U S yeah. that's what we're, that's what we're, and, and, and here's why it's important. You not say things like that anymore. Right. Or, or, or have some thought around why you thought it was okay to not notice if that's really 
what happened, you know, well, sort, and, sort of deal. And yeah. I, I think it's, it's important that it's a generational divide where that was, there was a time where that was the best mm-hmm. um, anti-racist thing to say. Right. Mm-hmm. And now we have moved beyond that. And so if you're still back at that place, then there was an effort there, but we need to keep moving forward and yeah. not stay in that place where I don't see color or I didn't see. Um, but to be able to say, and you can even reflect on that. I, I think it's a different reflection to say, wow, I, you know, I honestly didn't really consider how skewed, you know, the race was in this team and I'm I'm really curious about why, you know, I'm just now noticing that. And what does that say, you know, about the way that I've viewed the world? That's a, you know, come into this with a lot of curiosity yeah. of, yeah. you know, I wonder, I wonder why you haven't noticed until now. That's really interesting, you know, and let's talk about it that way, but keeping it right, less judgmental and way more curious. Right. Um, but it grates you a little when it feels like a kudos to me comment by someone who's saying, look how non-racist I am. I mean, that's where, and I, and even as you were talking, I'm like, how well do I really know this person? How much do I want to get into this? Well, of this course. is hard yeah. work, you know? Of course. And, and I say that honestly of, I want to be the person that digs into the hard, but like, we also have to like, how much hard am I getting into with how many people and, you know. And, and my- that, right. And because then there's always a question of what is this going to cost me? Right. Because it it's dependent on who the person is. You don't want to risk the cost. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it it may be then that person suddenly feels affronted and they don't talk to you anymore, you know, or it's a family member or it's a spouse or someone. So so there are a lot of factors to weigh here and there are ways there are ways to have these conversations. Like Brian says, there's a gazillion resources out there uh, a great one to recommend is a uh, is a uh, a workbook called do the work uh by w kamau bell the comedian mm-hmm. and, and kate shells that that like there's actually a section in the book about you know how to how to talk how to talk to people uh right. when they say things like that yeah you know that that sort of deal but and but also the thing is to get over yourself in terms of thinking I can figure this out on my own or even worse, I just won't say anything because that's right. not what we're asking. Right. <laughs> not yeah. what we're asking. And, no. and I, I just, I'll name that even just in accountability. Like that's hard for me, you know, just it, there's just, and it's easier for me than it is for say, you know, my husband, right. To be like, like yeah. I can walk away and it really not have a great effect on me as much as, you know, it does somebody else, but there is a responsibility to step in and lean into that uncomfortableness um, to say something. And that's hard. It's hard. It, and I don't is, want to diminish the hardness of it. I really no, don't. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, it's not hard for anybody involved. And uh, it's like not easy for anyone. Involved. It's not easy for anybody. Well, yeah. Yes, it is hard for everyone involved. <laughs> Correct. That's, that that's... 0.9%'s kicking in, man. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> it might be tiny, but it's mighty. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, I'm going to keep us moving here. Uh, so we have this quote from megachurch preacher Stephen Furtick, who says... That is in trouble. That could get us all in trouble. <laughs> Just that name. Yeah, correct. Just the name. <laughs> I won't try to say that several times in a row. All right. 
he says, faith is believing before what will only make sense after. Do you like that view of faith? Faith is believing before what will only make sense after. Uh, you know. Here, finish some, it out. Oh, no. Okay, yeah, I can finish it. Sure. No, no. Let, yeah. No, oh, I want to hear what Ogan has to say. I was going to say, like, you know, some of the shit I had faith in still don't make sense. So I'm. <laughs> it's I not after yet. Then yeah, I was going to say it's you not, not after. after yet. When the hell's after going to happen? It's been a. It's well, been a while. It's been a hot second. All right. <laughs> you know, in the thereafter, Ogan. Oh, the there. Oh, is there there after? The, is there is there after? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about all. I don't know about all that. By the uh, way, we saw I, what what was the movie with uh, Sterling K. Brown? We saw that this weekend. Um. With the, the oh, and he was a preacher, the mega church pastor. Yeah, oh, oh, I want to see no, that. I have to watch that. I haven't seen yeah. it yet. Oh, yeah, okay. So, anyway, like but honk I just for keep, Jesus like, or something, yeah, honk that's for Jesus. It. That's what honk it is. Yeah. yeah, um, this, this, this statement kind of strikes me as an invitation into like just like just believe what I tell you, like you know, right. we'll figure we'll figure it out later, or right. trust you me. know, like, like mm. to question to question it is to question God. So it won't make sense to later just believe it now at face value. It and feels a little bit like the psychic who says, I'll call you when you need me. You know, you like <laughs> it's kind of like tithe 30% now. It'll make sense later. It'll make sense yeah. later, you know. Although, I mean, I so I have to admit that like I don't I I like this, I like the idea. Like I, I, there's something about this that I like. If, if you take away, you know, that this kind of, I'm going to give you the answers and just trust me. If you Um, take away the white preacher mega church context. If you do, then I kind of like (laughs) the the idea. Or the the cynicism and deconstruction we bring to to all our discussions. (laughs) I think there is wisdom in... I think there's a lot of wisdom in have some patience. Yeah, and there is. Sometimes you don't see the fruit of your of your practices, whether it be prayer, meditation, whatever. Sometimes you don't see the fruit of those until down the road. So, like from that standpoint, I can sort of a little bit get on board with that. So for me, for me again, context is king. Like, what is the context in which he was using this this statement? Yeah, sure. Right, um, but. But yeah, it is. It does sound a little more the well, for me at least. The, he's come up, I think, in shows past when we've talked about preachers wearing these like designer sneakers that uh, are insanely. I'm, I've never heard that name before. I think I would remember that he, name. He's from but, the Elevation Church out of like uh, North Carolina. Uh, he's got like a ten million dollar house that yeah, the church paid for. Okay. Kind yeah, of thing. And I've heard about Elevation. I mean, and, and in that way, like it's the boiling down, and so. If we move to the next part, we have a similar quote with a different context, which is- Yeah, why don't you read this other quote for us? So um, this is a quote from the um, Dutch Nazi resistor, uh, Corey Ten Boom. Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Mm. And so there's several things- not to get grammatical on it, that strikes me different. But one is, is that God is the subject, right? Like we're moving to God uh, here. 
Yeah. Um, so it's not don't like the first one, we we jumped to the conclusion that he was like implying that the faith needs to be in me or what I just said or you know, whatever. Right. Whereas this one is all the faith moves to God, you know, and it's it's away from our un we have no way of knowing. And it's said um, in a very different context. A very, and that's, and again, yes. like the context is everything here. Context is everything. I mean, is it is it one of the Pauline letters? You know, now I see dimly what yeah. I will. You know, um, I don't remember the rest Second of it. Second Corinthians Sorry. five, I think, or is it First Corinthians? Yeah, 13? like it. No, First, First oh, Corinthians mm. thirteen. Ooh, is it the beginning of the love quote? It's at the end. It's after. At the end of it, yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. It is. You're absolutely yeah, right. So that. we look in the mirror dimly and then someday we will see. And face to face. That, yeah, that's what this is implying that we, we don't have it. We don't, we're not able to see it all. Um, and again, that to me is a hopeful statement. Yeah. And when you're working as she was in protecting Jews from, you know, annihilation by the Nazis, you know, on the edges of Germany, like, that's real faith in action. That is real trust to an unknown future and saying, I'm going to do what's right anyway, because it's what's right. My faith compels me and I'm putting trust in something bigger than myself. I mean, take well, it, back I mean to- it is it is a step of faith when you have to rely on the donations of people to keep you plush in that $10 million mansion. I mean, <laughs> that, a real that, exercise in faith. That, that flow can get cut off any day now. So, yeah. I mean, wow. Let's, yeah. let's, As let's Honk not... for Jesus will tell you. <laughs> He's um. right. Treading lightly <laughs> on those $1,000 sneakers. Let's, well, let's but not... I, I think this goes back. I mean, this goes back to the police state conversation that we were having, right? Of w- these actions that are we're taking now, do they mean anything? You know, mm-hmm. Ogan, you had said like, it feels more and more like not only is this not going to happen in my lifetime, it's not going to happen in in my kid's lifetime, you Mm. know? And so, and that doesn't mean that we quit that, right? Like that's part of it. We trust the, the unknown future, right. To that justice will prevail. We trust in that and we keep pushing towards that. And that's the hopefulness in it. Yeah. And it's like the, it's like the 60, 70, 80, plus year old who's planting trees that they know I'll never see the fruit of this, but I believe in a better future for those come after me. Exactly. And this is really, I don't, I think I said this to y'all before, but um, in November, my dad was visiting and he, it was leading up to election day. And my father lives in um, Arizona where this election was, I mean, it really looked bleak leading right. up to election day. Yes. Um, and, and he, you know, I was, I have never seen him that down before about not just politics, but like the state of the world. And, and, and granted he's, you know, a little, um, it, he's new on the more democratic side to things. Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, right. you know, very, uh, lives in, a lot of privilege that he wouldn't necessarily recognize. I'll just, I'll just be honest about that. But sure. This part of like leaving the world, you know, I, I, I realized afterwards that I was watching somebody struggle with the fact that they're 
at the end of life, you know, mid seventies and, and is really struggling with, am I really going to leave the world? And this is how I'm going to leave it, right. you know? And that's, that's a real struggle. And I just mm-hmm. want to acknowledge that, that, that this kind of quote is hopeful, but it really pushes us to that very real place. Mm. Absolutely. So in our remaining few minutes, um, we have a quote from C.S. Lewis, who wrote, there are far, far better things ahead than any we leave behind. I mean, I read that and I'm like, really? Like, we haven't gotten the flying cars yet, so I'm I'm still I, the Jetsons are still not real. Like it's not you know, you know. but we well, do chat I mean, GPT. So I was gonna say a lot of a lot of a lot of the Jetson things are are reality. We got telemedicine, right? That was right. that was a thing on the Jetsons. You you spoke to the doctor over the screen, like you you yeah. commute you you telecommuted to work sometimes. I mean, uh, I know. am in the snow hanging out with a friend in the islands. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so so a lot of what the Jetsons brought us um, have come to pass, but still don't have the flying cars. But no, where yeah. are the flying cars? It really is about the flying cars, isn't it? I mean, that's really where a lot of this comes down to. There is a Chinese electric car maker who is working on a, a flying version. I would rather have teleportation. I'm not going to lie. So if y'all are putting your energy into something, put it into that. There you, you go. Know. I don't know. Listen, honestly, if if we came up with teleportation technology now, I don't know that I would trust it. Like I feel this is I feel this is this is where yeah, my that's age true. where my age is finally catching up with my technological ambitions. I'm like like, you know, would you be really willing to be beamed up? Like, would and, you would you actually put your body no, on the right. line? I, I don't knowing? I don't know. I don't know that I would. I would not. Let me put it this way. I would not be I would not be willing to be the first. Right. Like, and people not, like George Santos not. would abuse it. Let's just be honest. George Santos would have invented it. Come on. Yeah, of course. He, that's right. <laughs> He'd be like, I, I, I invented this technology. I would have to use it in like a dire emergency. Like, you know, like if I am, if, you know, I'm in the States and like, I, I hear that, you know, my, my mom or someone like is, was in an accident and they've got a few moments to live. If you could teleport me there, like I would, I would risk it then, um, or mm-hmm. to save someone's life. But uh, I, I don't know. I'm very like, you're going to disassemble my molecular structure and then reassemble it. I don't know that I'm going to go for that. You get two atoms off or something like, I don't know what's coming out of that machine. Right. And is, is the teleportation technology related to being able to upload our consciousness to the cloud or to a sort of a virtual yeah. mainframe? I'm sorry that Listen, I. I'm sorry that I got us on this track. <laughs> I, I will just. I. I don't know if there are far, far better things ahead, but I can only hope that there are better things ahead than there certainly are behind. Not just in my life, but in the history of <laughs> life well, itself. Well, I mean, this this show will end in a few minutes, so that's a better. So ahead, far, far better oh, ahead. Wow. <laughs> Growing us under the man. So, on that note, thank you, friends, for tuning into Pub Theology Live. You can show your love for the show by becoming a supporter on Patreon. Get access to pre and post show banter and more. Visit patreon.com slash pt live to get started. And a big thank you to our current patrons. 
Listen anytime on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Our top cities this week were Boise, Idaho. Oh, Slantington, Pennsylvania. That is not one I've heard of. And League City, Texas. You can watch a video of our conversations on Facebook Live. And if you'd like to start a pub theology gathering in your town, find support and resources at pubtheology.com. So until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing. Yeah, it might be all, might be three new cities in the top three this yeah. week, which is very fun. Like, but I've never heard of Slangington or whatever it is. Slayton, Slaytonton. Well, and League City. Into. I've never heard of League City, Texas. Gotta, gotta, gotta Google Maps that. <laughs>